Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Backwards. Garbutt going back with it. Gives it to Cecil Wonga. Red jumpers everywhere. He fires it to the middle. Torhu Harris. He looks to his left. on Jared Haney, takes it comfortably, steps one, steps two, steps three, he's away, Jared Hayne with a catch and a run, they're not going to catch him, all aboard, tickets please for the Hayne train. He's Houdini, he's Houdini and he's put Gardner over, Daniel Gardner has scored, what about Andrew King, put him in the second. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, you are. G'day, guys. Hope everybody's well. Welcome back to another live episode of Tin List Tuesday on the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast, proudly sponsored by our amazing sponsors for Standard Squeeze and Snap Fitness out in Bendigo and Epsom. I'm your host, Nathan Brain, the Super Coach Brain. You can find me on Twitter at Brain underscore FS. And uh, I'm writing solo for the second last time. So for everybody who's been here before and has been riding the wave with me over the last couple of weeks, you'd know that I've been riding solo as my co-host, Matty Super Coach Matrix, is over in South Africa with the family. So he's back on Sunday, Easter Sunday. How good. So we'll uh, do a wrap-up of the week on Monday, considering the last game's Monday. Uh, this coming week for round six, we'll do a wrap up on Monday night and you will see the super coach matrix back. You will see uh, a little bit better chat, bit better banter, uh, a little bit better conversation, obviously as well. So looking forward to having him back guys. If you're watching us live, thanks for jumping on, drop a comment. Let us know how you went for the week, how that rank is looking, what your plans are. And if you have any questions for this coming week, we've got a lot of stuff to go through in this episode. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be, we're going to go into depth into a lot of the teams. We're going to talk about all of our, well, my round five scores personally, um, talking about my rank. We'll go through all eight game team lists as well. This one's a, a going to be a banger. It's going to be massive. So uh, plenty of relevance, plenty of super coach relevance leading into round six. So you need to be on top of all of that. We'll do a bit of a Q&A. So obviously drop your comments in the comment section, whether you're watching us on YouTube, on Twitch or on Facebook, drop them below. If you're listening to us on the audio platforms, 
hit us up on social media as well at Molten Fantasy Sports, and we'll answer your questions before Thursday night hits and the first game is on our TV. Um, I'll also talk you through my initial trades and captaincy thoughts. I thought what we'll do this episode is we won't necessarily touch on the most popular trades like we normally do and go into depth on popular captain's choices. It's only Tuesday. So we'll do that on the countdown show, the pre-drink show, I should call it, sorry, um, on the Thursday as we count down into Thursday game one. So last week, pretty good week, wasn't it? A lot of uh, big, big scores out there uh, and the top score in our unlimited group You'll see it when we when we move on to my slides. Uh, our unlimited group code will be on the screen in about a minute or two. Milking it offload, coached by David, 1,439. David, that is a serious effort. If you're watching the pod, mate, congratulations. Serious score there. Probably would have seen some uh, big moves up the rankings. Uh, and the leader of the group at the moment, the quick men, coached by Nick. Uh, shout out to Nick is in 25th overall. So he's well in the running to win the 50K this year, which is massive. So hopefully we can get the winner, the overall winner of Supercoach 2023 in the Molten Fantasy Sports podcast. So that would be awesome. All right, let's move into the content so you don't have to look at my noggin the whole time. Now, round six, 10 list Tuesday, my score from round five, I got 13-13. So very lovely of Supercoach to upgrade me three points overnight while I saw Nico Hines get a 17-point upgrade. How, how good was that for non-Nico Hines owners? You probably went to bed feeling pretty good about yourself. If you watched the Sunday episode, you would have noticed that uh, I was feeling pretty good with Nico Hines on 85. And then I woke up and he was he had 102. Thanks, thanks Nico. Thanks, Supercoach, for giving him those, uh, those points overnight. I lost a head-to-head from that, mind you. No good. But he is the unicorn point king. So you've got to get him in next, well, round seven, next week. Uh, obviously, he's on a buy this week. So for anybody who doesn't have him, it's your time to move this week. You don't have 900K sitting on your bench. So make advantage, take advantage, I should say, of that week. Um, you'll see I'm sitting at about 22,900 season rank, 22,877. Um, still not too bad, top 16%. I mean, not exactly where I want to be, but uh, we've made some good movement over the last two weeks. I think I've gone up about 11,000 spots. I think I ended up dropping to about 34,000 or something like that after I got that dismal 950 in round three. That was a stinker. So went up six and a half or nearly 7,000 ranks this this week. So, and, and again, for those, that the reason why I didn't go with Nico Hines as, as far as I am behind now by doing that, uh, I feel like I've got a really good opportunity this week to take advantage of the 900K that everybody has sitting on their bench unusable. So I'm going to make sure I take advantage of that. Um, all right. Now, before I move in uh, into the next lot of content and we talk through the teams and, and go into depth about who was named, who wasn't, big super coach implications and a few teams, uh, you know we love a cheeky beer at Molten Fantasy Sports, Maddie and myself and the boys over on the AFL. Rob and Mick also love a beverage. And what better sponsor to have than the standard squeeze? So we'll throw over to those boys. The Standard Squeeze helps you pour one standard shot at a time so you know exactly how much you're drinking without any of the guesswork. No more broken glass bottles with their food-grade quality plastic. Throw your squeeze into the esky, the back of the ute, or into your back pocket. Responsible drinking with convenience. So go on, have a squeeze at thestandardsqueeze.com and use the code MOLTEN15 for 15% off at checkout. Make sure you use that code. I... I, I probably sound a little bit biased when I'm talking about the standard squeeze considering they sponsor the podcast but it's a quality such a quality product I mean you've got the uh, squeeze bottles here basically all you do is squeeze it and the 
liquid goes up into a perfect 30 mil shot, tip it into the drink and uh, you're good to go. I've also got a four in one right here for those of you that can see on the screen. So four in one, meaning that it's a bit a thermos for your coffee. It'll keep it hot. It's a stubby holder and a cooler, I guess, at the same time. So it'll keep your drinks nice and cold if you put them in there. Um, so make sure you go and get one. Use that code Molten15. Go on the website, go and check them out on Instagram and um, tell them Molten sent you. All right. So another a bit of announcement before we move into teams. The squeeze of the week combo pack winner. So as for everybody who's followed us for a while now, you would have noticed that we do a squeeze of the week every single week. Um sponsored by the standard squeeze very generous of them to be giving away a combo pack so that's essentially three or four of these uh so you get different sized ones as well so you can use them if you want to throw them in the back of the ute you go and fish in or go to the beach throw them in the esky um even throw it in the back pocket if you want to get some drinks into the footy or something like that so uh we're giving away a combo pack every single week and all you had to do this week is follow us on facebook and instagram so that you actually see these posts and we're on twitter as well so you see these posts every week because we're going to put this post up on what you need to do every single week to win that squeeze of the week award uh and win that combo pack so this week's task was you had to pick the over under on four players tommy turbo 86 or over or under nico hines to go over under 100 nathan cleary 84 Payne Haas, 78. So the winner this week is Phil, big follower of the podcast. Um, unfiltered, I think it is, uh, on Twitter. So congratulations, mate. We've already got your address, so we will send out that winner. Picked all four overs and was the first person to do it. Um, so congratulations, mate. Good on you. Win a, win a combo pack courtesy of the Standard Squeeze, and, and we'll get that sent out to you this week, and you can squeeze away. All right. Let's dig in. First game, Thursday night. We've got the Storm versus the Roosters at Amy Park. Good old Harry Grant versus Brandon Smith, the cheese. So this this should be a really, really good matchup. I'm actually really looking forward to this matchup. One of the better ones we'll see this weekend. And honestly, the Thursday night games of all, I think most of them have had bloody Parramatta in it. So it's nice to see a little bit of a change there. Um, so Storm line up against the Roosters. Now, we'll, we'll notice, obviously, James Tedesco is out here and Joey Manu, who's been selected at fullback, which makes a ton of sense. I'd say, unfortunately, because Manu's missed some time, I doubt many people have him. Would I bring him in this week, knowing that Tedesco may be back next week or the week after? I mean, look, if you want to go with a massive pod play, we know how good Joey Manu is at fullback. So if you want to go with Joey Manu at fullback for a round and you put the captaincy on him, I mean, versing the Storm is an ideal. So I'd probably not go that direction this week for anybody wondering. A bit too pottish for me. Um, I think you're probably trying to outthink the room a little bit with that one. But Joey Manu, quality player. We know what he can bring to the table. He is a Kiwi. He won't play Origin. Um, it's just a shame that the Roosters don't play that first buy, the, the round 13 buy either. So bit of a backward step, for, but Joey Manu, quality player. We know what he can do. We've seen what he can do at fullback too. So bloody exciting to watch him this weekend. Uh, also, Jerome Hughes comes back into the team for the Melbourne Storm. So uh, unfortunately, Pezzett drops back onto the extended bench. I actually didn't predict that would happen. I thought that maybe he would find some bench time instead of Bronson Garlic, and I just thought they'd keep him around the squad, but it doesn't look like they backed him there. Um, for, so for anybody, like I said last week, if you're going for a one-week cash grab, you had to be prepared that Pezzett wasn't going to get named this week. And voila, he was not named. So, I mean, keep an eye on Thursday night. The good thing is they play the first game of the round, so you might not need to move him on. I mean, he might slot onto the bench. We might see Garlic drop off. Who knows what they're going to do with this bench lineup, but it does look pretty pretty level uh, with Garlic, who can play a bit of hooker, 
Uh, and then Tarek Sims playing in the middle off the bench, Tommy Eisenhuth playing off the middle, and Alec McDonald playing on an edge. So they've got a nice kind of variety of, of bench players there. So I don't see that changing too much, to be honest. Uh, but, I mean, Jerome Hughes was always coming back into this team. No other changes for each side. But I guess the, the talking points in the watch list for me for this game, we've already talked about Joey Manu at fullback, a bit of super coach porn going on there with the way that he can rack up points there. Cameron Munster. I feel like, I just have a feeling, I have a feeling that he's going to step up this week. What we've seen from Cam Munster so far has been pretty subdued. It's been 65, 78, and 74 in his first three games. He's got a 99 break even this week. I would not be surprised in the slightest if Cam Munster exceeds his break even this week. We know he loves playing at Amy Park in Melbourne. We know he loves stepping up against quality opposition. The Sydney Roosters have been tipped to win the comp. I think this could be the game that Cam Munster reminds us that he is the best 5'8 in the competition at the moment. So I, if you have Cam Munster and you're thinking about selling or you're getting a bit frustrated with these sub-80 scores, just remember what he can do. He can bash out 120 for you very, very quickly. And against quality opposition, he's a guy you want in your team. So if he wasn't so expensive and, and still had a big break even, maybe I would have tried to find the cash to get him in instead of the moves that I made this week. Um but yeah, if you have him, you definitely got to play him, and you probably chuck the VC on him this week if you have if you have him. Um, other talking points: Christian Welch is going to be a minutes watch again. I th- oh, I'm just a little bit unsure what they're doing with him. I mean, I said last week with Christian Welch that he is the captain of this team, so I, I'm really surprised they're not playing him more than 50 minutes. I think he played 44 minutes, 45 minutes last week, and then 30 odd the week before. Um, that was heat related, obviously, but. Um, he still scored 55 points. I'd say people have bigger problems in their team right now than, than Christian Welch. I'd say uh, if you don't have any other problems and you're looking to downgrade him, you're in a bloody good spot. So I I would hold Christian Welch. I think he's a good second front row forward this year. Uh, he will do a bit of plodding, but I think he will come good through mid-season. Obviously, he's going to probably play Origin. Um, oh, he definitely will play Origin. So something to consider coming up to that kind of round 10, 11, 12. But I'd be holding him for now. We're only in round six. You've got plenty of opportunity for him to make some cash. The last thing, I guess, for me is that Arusta's bench is looking bloody awful. Jake Turpin, Terrell May, Corey Allen, for some reason, is on the bench. I don't understand that at all. Fletcher Baker in the 17 jersey. I see this changing. Maybe Sua Wong comes on to the to the bench and replaces Corey Allen. I'm really, I'm really confused. Maybe what they do and what would make sense here would be Corey Allen starts at center, considering he's a center. Good one, Robbo. Maybe start the center at center and then maybe start the bloody utility on the bench. That's usually how football teams name their teams. Uh, but Drew Hutchison, for some bloody reason, is named at center, um, which makes zero sense to me whatsoever. But anyway, we could see that changing, I think. Um, otherwise, Corey Allen makes no sense for him to stay on the bench. So I'd say he drops out for a forward, maybe white. Um, looks like he's in favor there to get that 17 jersey or the 16. Um yeah, going to be a good game, and that, that's pretty much it, Super Coach wise. So we'll move on to the next game, the first Friday game. Friday at 4 p.m., good Friday. Everybody's got a public holiday, so I'm sure we're going to be getting our standard squeeze out and having a couple of bevies. It's going to be the Bulldogs versus the Rabbitohs. Good old uh, kind of Friday derby here at Accor Stadium. So not really an advantage to either team here, I don't think, with this one. Um, there's a lot to talk about, though, when we come to the teams. The Bulldogs are decimated from the forward perspective. They still don't have Tav- uh, Tavita Pangai Jr., Raymond Fatala Mariners out. All the hyphenated names are out of this team this week. Um, 
Pele's out with a broken forearm, so he's going to miss a lot of a lot of uh, time. If you have Pele, I don't really know whether there's a point in selling him. You could probably just leave him as your fourth front row forward. At least he's not going to lose your cash. I mean, not that he really can anyway. I think he's 212K or something. But um, yeah, you've got bigger problems. I wouldn't be selling him for somebody. There's not really a standout front row forward option there. Um, yeah, Raymond Fatala Marin is out. So Corey Waddell comes onto the edge to start there. And Harrison Edwards starts at lock. Bit surprised about this one. Um, I haven't actually heard much about Harrison Edwards, but it'll be interesting to see uh, what that actually looks like come game day because that realistically could uh, that could change. I mean, the, Josh Reynolds is playing utility off the bench. They've got Jackson Topine. He's, uh, everybody's a big fan of him, especially Gus Gould. So uh, maybe he could start at 13. I'm not quite sure, but uh, it's going to be a close watch to see what Harrison Edwards can do. I don't think he's going to be a guy that sees any extended time. But um, keep an eye on him this week. You just never know. We never thought that uh, Jacob Preston had turned into the best cash cow to RF uh, in the competition, did we? So he came from nowhere. So um, Johnston. So he's out for 11 days, face planting the turf. Uh, that actually looked like it bloody hurt too. He came up with a shiner. He got decked by the decked by the grass unlucky so he he misses this week but hopefully he'll be back next week alex johnston tane milne comes in on the wing to replace him daniel saluka fafita drops back to the bench and tavita totola starts at prop so those are the only changes there for the rabbitos uh, for anybody and I, I might go back against what i what i said uh in the preseason uh we maddie and i both were a little bit against uh Lost my train of thought against Hayes Perham. A little bit against him. We didn't really thought think we, we saw him in the All-Stars game. Yeah, he didn't look that great there. We saw him in the trials for Bulldogs. He looked like he went missing a little bit. But if anybody stuck it out with Hayes Perham, you've done incredibly well. He's averaging 60 this year. Uh, he's made you 145K. He'll make you more cash this week. So for anybody who just stuck with Perham, good on you because he's done a pretty good job. Could be used as a bit of an upgrade moving forward. Um, so well done. Keon Kalomatangi goes up against Jacob Preston this week. So that's a really interesting matchup there on that right edge. Uh, well, both of them are on the right edge. Uh, I know that Preston moved to the left last week from memory, so I'm quite unsure how that's going to play out. But honestly, both Premium and Preston, I can tell you right now, will be 700K in a few weeks. Uh, and Keon Kalomatangi, obviously, in his own right, is a quality footballer in, in one of the Premium 2RF positions this this year. Uh, so it's going to be tough. I don't know whether I really love either of them, uh, but I think Preston will just continue to do his work. He won't score two, two tries every single week, but he'll continue to bash out 60-odd. Uh, Bulldogs are saying that he is questionable as to whether he lines up this week. And obviously with the Friday 4 p.m. game, he doesn't have as much time as he normally would have if they had a weekend game. So um, you probably just start him and just hope that he's hope that he plays considering it's a Friday. Otherwise you can make some changes and shuffle things in and out because it's the second game of the week. So, um, all right, here's my hot take. Here's my hot take for this game. Latrell, uh, Latrell Mitchell will have a monster game against the Bulldogs. 120 plus. That's my first hot take for the weekend. I feel like Latrell is one game away from just breaking out. And, and a lot of people are actually selling Latrell Mitchell because they've seen him drop a good amount of money, probably 150, 200K. So um, I understand why people are freaking out. I understand that you bought Latrell Mitchell at 890K because you wanted 90s and 100s, but he just hasn't been there. I, but I genuinely think 
Latrell Mitchell is going to have a big week. So if you're thinking about selling Latrell this week, I would hold off because it's a nice matchup for them. Um, and Latrell is a quality quality player against any opposition, let alone someone that or a team that has conceded a fair amount of points this year. So hold Latrell. Cam Murray will continue doing what he's doing. I think people were a little bit worried about Cam Murray last week, and I personally did say that he was a sell. Um, I mean, he got 88 on the weekend. He played really well. Looked like the kind of Cam Murray of old, but he is still passing four more times per game. Uh, so it looks like he's going to the line and dishing out, playing that link man role still. He did get a couple of nice try assists, though, on the weekend. So if you got Cam Murray and you held him, good on you, because I, I think you can probably hold him all the way through to Origin now. Now, Alamotti being a sell is is probably the big question mark, and I've had a few people asking me, do I upgrade Alamotti to a Greg Marju? Do I sell Alamotti to another cheapie? Um, I think if you're looking at Alamotti as a sell, you've got to upgrade him, don't you? That's the whole reason why you bought him. Hopefully people have cash in the bank. He's got a 40 break even this week, and it could have easily been a 60 score plus for him last week. I think he was dudded a try assist or something. Uh, the Twitter the Twitter sphere was blowing up huge. So uh, I think if you don't have any other problems or you've got other upgrade options, I think Alamotti, you can hold him for another week or two because I think you will probably continue to score some points. It looks like his base is actually pretty good. So I'll hold him. Um, I'd hold him if that was the only option. I'm actually going to sell him this week because I'm upgrading him to Marju, um, which I also like. And I think if that's your only route to Marju, don't hate it at all. Uh, I've got another question. Cody Walker or Dylan Brown? Now, I know that obviously we haven't talked about the Eels yet. That's on Monday. But Cody Walker obviously has been decent this year. I think Dylan, uh, honestly, if you had to pick one this week, I still like Dylan Brown. I just don't love the position that they're in right now in terms of his break-even. Uh, Dylan Brown's break-even is 120-odd, 122. So unless he goes ballistic this week against the West Tigers, which he honestly could, I, I'd, I'd probably wait. I, I'm personally waiting. I could have got Dylan Brown. I could have got Dewey to Dillbags this week. But I think, uh, I, I think I'll hold. And also, Stevie, a really good point. Um, Sean Lane being back in, which we'll talk about soon is massive for Dylan Brown. So I, I'd probably still just go deal bags. I mean, if you if you have the opportunity to hold uh, off a week and grab him next week, great. Have another look at him, maybe get him a bit cheaper. Um, but Cody Walker's the pod. Um, but keep in mind for the Rabbitohs, their 8th, ninth, and 10th round are against Penrith, the Broncos, and the Melbourne Storm. So not an easy run into the bye at all. Uh, so if you ask me to pick one, I'd say Dylan Brown. But... Um, Actually, no, there is no but. Dylan Brown. Pick Dylan Brown. All right. Let's move on. All right. So we've got the 8 p.m. game on Friday, the Cowboys versus the Dolphins at QCB up in Townsville. So we've got Hylam Lukey is out of the team, unfortunately. Man, I'm shattered about this. I love Hylam Lukey. I think he's such a good footballer. Uh, Griffin Neem comes in to, for him on the edge. Uh, we've got Tommy Chester has been benched as Scotty Drinkwater's back from suspension. That will do wonders, I think, for this team. Uh, and Jordan McLean is out because Ruben Cotter comes back in. So uh, a little bit of change there for the, the North Queensland Cowboys. A little bit to talk about. When it looks at the Dolphins, the only change, or there's two changes here. We've got Cody Nicarima coming in for Anthony Milford, who's done his hamstring, so he's going to miss some time there. So they're very, very thin in the halves. And this is great for Isaiah Katawa, I think. I think he could honestly be a really, really good uh, – or this could be really good for his development. It could be good for him from a super coach output as well. I think he genuinely could take 
a little bit more responsibility of working the team around and, and controlling the offense, uh, controlling the attack. So uh, I like that for Isaiah Katoa holders. I don't think you would have sold him by now, would you? Edric Lee comes in for John uh, Jack Bostock. So unfortunate for Bostock. I know a few people actually went and jumped on Bostock in his first game. I'd highly recommend against that for good reason. Um, but yeah, if you do, you're stuck now. But hopefully he sees a little bit more time. But Edric Lee coming back into this team is is a really good in for the Dolphins. So as much as they are lose, they are very thin in the halves. They're actually strengthened through the outside backs. They're looking really strong. Obviously, that I mean, you've got a Zarko, you and Aitken, Branko, Lee, and Edric Lee. That's a really nice backline. And Hamisa Tabuai Fado has been good this year. So um, I like that. It just means that they're they're going to have to rely on uh, scoring points through the two inexperienced halves. I mean, we talk about inexperienced. Cody Nicarima, I wouldn't really call him inexperienced. I just don't think he's a playmaker. So uh, that'll that'll be an interesting watch. But yeah, big opportunity for Katoa. I think Drinkwater could unlock Val Holmes for anybody who's been a bit frustrated with Valentine Holmes this, this year so far. I mean, got bloody high standards if you're frustrated with Val. I think he scored 64 times out of five games. So I, I don't necessarily like trading Val unless you're finding a better option like a Ruben Garrick or someone like that. Um, I think Val will come good. This could be a game that really the Cowboys get going. They're at home. They're against the Dolphins. Dolphins look a little bit weaker than they have in previous games. So this could be a good opportunity for the Cowboys to actually get a bit of momentum, go on a bit of a run. Uh, Ruben caught it back. I don't know what his minutes actually look like, but I think this could be really good for anybody that kind of didn't start with Cotter or sold him early, he might drop a little bit of cash. So there, there is an opportunity there to maybe pick him up at a discount soon. Uh, we'll see what that looks like, though. I don't see him playing any more than 50 minutes, especially first week back from a lower limb injury. So keep an eye on that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. You definitely wouldn't jump on Cotter straight away. Not a, not a chance. You want to see a little bit more from him. Um, is Hamiso Tabuai Fado a sell? Have a chat with me. See if, if if anybody's got any comments on Hammer. Um, I sold him last week to Ruben Garrick, and I'm very, very happy with that move. I think it netted me 40 points and a price rise. Um, I think if you didn't move him last week, he is your ticket to get Greg Marju this week and get a really nice price rise out of him. So I think you can net some positive cash with that trade. I, that would be my trade if I still had Hammer. I'd be going straight up for about 90K straight up to Marju. Um Jermaine Asako, you can probably hold him for a week or two. He's got 100 in his rolling average now, so you can probably hold on to him, I think. Um, but yeah, hammer a sell. Asako will hold for a week. What a game this will be. Saturday, 5.30 p.m., Panthers versus the Sea Eagles at Blue Bet Stadium. Could be a really good position for the Panthers, I think, this one. Um, the only change here for the Panthers, uh, James Fisher-Harris is out, and Matty Eisenhuth comes in and starts at prop. And for Manly, Christian Tuipolotu comes out for Jason Saab, who plays his first game this year. That'll be a really interesting one to see how Jason Saab comes back from that career, or sorry, season-ending ACL last last year. Fun fact, Jason Saab actually trains at my local gym uh, in southwest Sydney. So uh, it's good to see him around doing his rehab. And uh, Joshy Schuster comes back in for Cooper Johns, who drops out. So uh, the Manly Sea Eagles look a lot stronger this week, nearly... Oh, would you call it full strength? Who are they missing? I don't actually think they're missing anybody. They're in a good spot. I like them. Um, but I think the Panthers could be too good in this game. But I, I guess when we're looking at the Panthers, the Panthers are missing Liam Martin, they're missing Luke Garner, and they're missing Fisher-Harris. So the three really big outs for them. Maybe Garner not so much, but JFH is a gun. 
and so is Liam Martin. So that could be a little bit interesting to see. Manly could get the wood over him. I think they're paying $3.50. That is massive. I don't mind that. I think the odds are so high because Penrith are at home. So don't mind that at all. Um, Hosking, Zach Hosking, one of, I think he is the most traded in player. Correct me if I am wrong. I haven't actually checked those stats. I'll go through them in depth on Thursday when the games get a bit closer. Um, yeah, I'd say he's most traded in this week. Uh, and he holds that right edge spot. No no Martin, like I said, no Luke Garner. So he holds that for another week. Lindsay Smith named on the bench. A lot of people are thinking he is a good option as a downgrade in the front row forwards. I don't I don't hate it. I don't love it. I mean, I feel like Spencer Lenu probably ends up taking the majority minutes off the bench through the middle. Um, but there, there obviously is an opportunity for Lindsay Smith there considering he played, I think, 30 to 40 minutes last week. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think, um, look, if I'd probably go uh, Tino's brother, Isaac Farsil Maliawi. If I was looking for a downgrade front row forward option at the Gold Coast Titans, his basement price, I'd probably go him instead. But I understand the thinking. I just, I think there's rumor out now. I was listening to the Magic Sponge by NRL Physio, and I think there's a chance that James Fisher Harris could come back a little bit earlier than everybody thinks. So the last thing you want is pick up Lindsay Smith and then JFH has come back and kind of burns any sort of cash opportunities that you get from Lindsay Smith. Sonny Luke comes back in after his 11-day stand down from a HIA. He's a close watch, I think. Sonny Luke, I want to look at his minutes again. I've said it all year. I just haven't seen what I want to see from Sonny Luke. We know how good he is as an attacking player. He showed that in game one. Everybody got really excited. And then Ivan Cleary basically benched him for bloody 65 minutes in the second game. Or sorry, in the third game. And then he got obviously out with a HIA. So very disappointing, but uh, he's a really good downgrade option, I think, for anybody stuck with Tanner Boyd at hooker or, or anything like that. I think he probably ends up bottoming out in price. But once we see 50 minutes from Sonny Luke and they start to use Sonny Luke more than Mitch Kenny, that's when I jump onto Sonny Luke because I think Mitch Kenny is terrible and should be in the New South Wales Cup. So um, another hot take for the week, Nathan Cleary. I think he goes big again. I think he goes back-to-back 120-plus scores. Um, I jumped on VC last week and looped Nathan Cleary, not overly upset about it. I think I ended up even on the loop versus the captain option of Tommy Turbo. So take it either way. But, um, yeah, I, I think Nathan Cleary goes big again this week because we know that Manly have leaked a couple of 30-plus point uh, losses this this year. Sorry, one was a 30-point win against Para. One was a 30-point loss. Uh, on the weekend against 32-point draw, sorry, against Newcastle. So that's an interesting one. Um, but, yeah, I think Cleary goes big again. So I'll be, I'll be chucking the VC on Nathan Cleary this week, I think, unless I get in my own head again. Um, watch him go big two weeks in a row, exactly like he did last year, where he went 151 and 158 in consecutive games. I reckon he goes 120-plus again this week. And Josh Schuster, this will be a real true show of class and, and how he kind of comes back after that quad cork. Obviously, it shouldn't hamper him now. I don't think it will. Otherwise, they wouldn't name him. So, Josh Schuster, uh, can he show his class? Can he step up? Can he create that really nice kind of link and create Tommy Turbo opportunities on the outside? Because I think Turbo and Ruben Garrick look so much better. Not that they don't already, but they look so much better when Schuster played those couple of games uh, at 5'8". So, I really like that for Manly. I love it for Tommy Turbo owners, and I love it for Ruben Garrick owners as well. But we just know how good the Penrith Panthers are. So, I, I'm, you know, if you're a big holder of a lot of Manly players, I'd be a little bit conservative. Not that you're not going to play Tommy Turbo or Ruben Garrick this week, but I probably would not play Josh Huster this week if he is in your team. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's it for the Saturday 5.30 game. And before we move into the Saturday 7.30 game, the Broncos versus the Raiders, we will quickly throw over to our good friends and our sponsors, Snap Fitness at Epsom and Bendigo. Are you looking to make good on that New Year's resolution? Finding it hard to get into the gym due to not having anyone to look after the kids? Head on in and see Mark, Emma and the team at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom for all your fitness needs. Both Epsom and Bendigo locations offer free child mining, which gives you the chance to head on in, get a workout done without worrying about the kids. All staff have working with children's checks and are super helpful with whatever your children need. Snap Fitness also offers a wide variety of classes such as strength and reformer Pilates, Tabata, strength classes, as well as one-on-one PT sessions. So head on in and say good day to the guys at either gym and tell them the Molten Boys sent you. Absolutely. Thanks to Mark Emmer and the team out at Snap Fitness Bendigo and Epsom. If you're in country Victoria, uh, out with our co-host of the AFL podcast, Mickey Dells, out that way. And uh yeah, you've got to drop in, see the guys. They'll look after you over there. If you're looking for a membership, you're looking to get a bit fitter. If you need someone to look after the kids as well, that's one of the biggest reasons as to why people don't attend the gym because they f- struggle to find one with a crash. So definitely hit those guys up there and thanks for their support to the podcast. Saturday, 7.30, Broncos versus the Raiders at Suncorp. Goodness me, this could honestly, this could be a bloodbath. Um, we've been talking all year, or I have anyway, about the Broncos draw. And I think this ends up being maybe their fifth or sixth game at, uh, sorry, correct me, uh, their fifth game in Queensland, five Suncorp games, I think it is. Insane draw. So um, I think the Broncos are going to do a number on the Raiders. I'd be very concerned if I held any Raiders aside from Joseph Tarpany, I think, this week. But moving to the teams, Broncos remain unchanged as they should. They're, They're playing some really good footy. There's no point fixing it if it isn't broken. And the Raiders have a couple of interesting changes. And Jared Croker comes back into the team at centre, which I love. I love Jared Croker. I'm a big fan. He's done some amazing things for not only the Raiders, but for the NRL. So it's great to see him come in. Harley Smith-Shields drops off onto the extended bench for him. So it looks like they've given Harley Smith-Shields every single opportunity they possibly could to start the year. But they're going to bring that experience in now in Jared Croker to try and uh, and the leadership, I think we underestimate how much of an impact Jared Croker has on this side from a leadership perspective, not just physically. So um, I think he'll be a great in for the Raiders. And also then we've got Brad Schneider that comes in for Frawley, who has, a, I think, a dislocated finger or broken finger or something like that. So um, 
Not too many changes here with both of these lineups. We've still got Zach Wolford at hooker. We've got Tommy Starling coming off the bench, but honestly, that could swap um, but an hour before the game, so keep an eye out there. I don't think anyone has either of them, so not overly concerned with that one. But Reese Walsh is also a genuine VC or C option this week. Um, let me know in the chat if you're actually backing him because I, I'm very tempted, very tempted to captain Reese Walsh. I like the VC on Cleary, but I, I love... Reese Walsh this year is averaging 95, I think it is. He just keeps turning up week in, week out. The big test is going to be whether he can continue these scores against good sides because Broncos have a really good run at, at Suncorp and they've stayed in Queensland. They've had a ton of games out there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when the Broncos draw opens up and when they actually have to start traveling to New South Wales and Melbourne and wherever, uh, whether, whether Reese Walsh can continue that form. But honestly, there's probably a good chance he ends up being the fullback for Queensland this uh, this year. So he might be one of those guys, unfortunately, that you have to look at or consider selling because you could be without a fullback for a couple of weeks there with if you have Tommy Turbo and Reese Walsh, like I know a lot of people do. So uh, Reese Walsh, definite VC option this week. Or C if you've got the balls in you. I'm going real ballsy with my captain's option. I don't know whether I'm going to bitch it out yet, but I'll, uh, I'll, really, I'll, I'll let everybody know about that one at the end. Uh, we've also got the premium front row forward battle in Payne Haas versus Joseph Tarpany this week. How good's that? That's going to be a really good battle. I unfortunately chose Tarpany over Haas when I had the option. I mean, I know it did cost me an extra 70K to get Haas, which is pro and I know that Tarpany's minutes start to ramp up and his work starts to ramp up through the middle of the year. The reason why I chose Tarpany over Haas is because he's a Kiwi, won't play Origin, and we know he starts to hit his straps at this time of the year. He usually is a slow starter. So... Uh, but this is going to be a really good battle. I think Payne Haas versus Joseph Tarpany could be one of the battles of the weekend. So if you've got either of them, you're going to be in for a treat. Um, lastly on this game, I think everybody's getting off Patrick Carrigan this week. And I know that everybody's a little bit concerned around his workload and what he's been doing, score how he's been scoring. I think he only got a 49 or a 48 on the weekend, which for a 600-plus K guy, yeah, I'd, I'd be a little bit kind of concerned. A little bit off Carrigan, um, but I think he might bounce back. I think this is one of those games where it's going to be forward pack versus forward pack. I think a lot of uh, the, the game is going to be played through the middle of the field, and, and obviously it's going to create opportunities on the edges, but this is going to be a, a battle where the forward pack that wins that battle will win the game. So um, I think, you know, you've got Paddy Carrigan, Jordan Ricky, who had a great game, Capewell, Payne Haas, Tom Flegler versus Joseph Papali'i, Joseph Tarpany, Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead, and Corey Horsburgh. Jeez, what a what a matchup that's going to be. That's going to be really good to watch. So, but from a super coach perspective, I don't know whether there's many talking points. Um, if you've got Payne Haas, great. If you're looking at getting Payne Haas, I'd probably still argue you could pick him up because you've got six good weeks from him. Um, and then you can do what you need to do with him. You might even be able to hold him through the origin period because we know that Payne Haas always backs up through origin. So Oh, Steve, Steve's already asked. Perfect. So is it too late to get Haas at 742K? I don't think it is. Um, he is a premium price now. He is exactly what uh, we would consider a premium price and a guy maybe you missed the boat on. So, But if you've got some extra cash, I really do like paying Haas for the next six weeks. Um, and then obviously you can assess what he does from there through Origin. So that's the Broncos and the Raiders. Let's move on to the St. George Illawarra Dragons versus the Gold Coast Titans. Um, yeah, this would be an interesting one. This could be a very open game of football considering the Dragons are actually scoring a lot of points this year. And the Gold Coast never, ever let a team score under 20. 
against them. So I reckon they could definitely take the overs if you're a punter. This could be there could be some big scores in this one. Um, so team changes for the Gold Coast Titans. Brimson comes out and Jaden Campbell starts at fullback, uh, and Kieran Foran is out for Toby Sexton, which is super disappointing because my pod captain is David Fafita this week. I, I don't know whether I call it a pod captain, but bloody hell, he could absolutely rip their right edge defense to shreds. So could be very interesting. Um, an interesting one for David Fafita as well. I'm going to get up his stats right now because I know he loves playing against St. George uh, from when I looked at his stats earlier and decided I wanted to make him captain. So the last three, four games, the only four games he's ever played against the Dragons, he scored 69, 90, 134, and 51. So uh, he is, and the 51 was the first time he ever played him. So 134, 90, and 69 in his last three games against the Dragons. I really like that matchup considering their edge defense looks bloody atrocious. Um, Benny Murdoch, Masilla stinks. Jaden Sewer, he's okay. Um, but there could be some massive frailties. And um, I think there's a good chance potentially that they could isolate Benny Hunt on defense. He's a good defender, but he's also half the size of David Fafita. So it'd be very interesting uh, to watch that one. Um, for the Dragons, Jacob Little finally gets a start. Moses Embai comes off the bench. I mean, I'm not even going to hold my breath on that one. I think Hook will probably swap him again like he always does. He's just got this obsession with Moses Embai for some odd reason. Um, but you've got to give Jacob Little a crack, don't you? You've got to give him a chance. So I like that. Um, would I go to Jacob Little? No, probably not. But he's a, he's a watch. He is a watch. Um, some talking points or notes to watch on this game. I think Jack DeBellin could honestly easily come in and start this week. I think that, yeah, they'll be easing him into minutes, but I, they can still do that with him starting. I really like Jack DeBellin. You can play him edge or middle. So Jack Bird could shift to an edge and Murdoch Masilla could drop to the bench. Um, or Jack DeBellin can just play lock. Um, Jack Bird can then move to an edge. So, or Jack Bird can move to a bench utility role. Jack Bird can basically play anywhere, which is kind of like his biggest downside as well as his his biggest strength. So, um, yeah, I'd probably keep an eye on team lists and have a look at what that looks like when the hour kicks in and they've got to lock teams in. Isaac Farsu or Maliawi, like I mentioned, is a popular downgrade option. You've got 40 minutes the week before last. I think he's a watch. I think you could probably can go early if you're looking at really freeing up some cash. Um, but I, I don't know whether you need to go this week up. If you need to go next week to free up cash for Nico, you can do that. I, I, I don't know whether going or going this week is really going to cost you too much. He has a break even, I think, of minus three. So he might make 30K, but at 200K, it's not overly an issue to, to miss that week and have another look at what that bench rotation looks like. David Fafida already said, monster game, favorable matchup. I'm going to captain him, I think, at this stage. Um also, with this lineup and with Kieran Foran out, does this mean that more responsibility and more super coach responsibility is going to fall onto Tanner Boyd? So I know that Toby Sexton obviously played halfback last year, but Tanner Boyd is obviously favoured to play halfback in that position. So maybe this could be good for Tanner Boyd, especially with the amount of points that could be scored in this game. We know that Tanner Boyd's a really good goal kicker, 80-plus percent career kicker. So I like, uh, for those of you that held Tanner Boyd, I reckon you're probably going to have much bigger problems. And he honestly could get a kickstart if he gets 60, 50 or 60 this week, he could kickstart his cash gen again. Um, this is also a really good matchup for Alofiana Camperera. So if you held AKP 
for this long. So you should. He's got a bloody break even of minus 70. Um, you, you're in a really good spot this week because I think not only will he make some cash, but you could honestly play him as a reserve center wing this week or starter, depending on what your center wing looks like. So I, I like the matchup for AKP. I think, would I chuck the, Steve, would I chuck the reserve on AKP? Yes, I would. Yeah, absolutely I would. Um, I think he is a really nice play this weekend and probably could, and he's shown us what he can do. I reckon he gets over for another couple of tries. Uh, I like it against the Dragons who have been pretty leaky and uh, he's going to be attacking that right side of Moses Suli and Michaeli Ravel oh no, and Matthew Fine, I think it is. Uh, anyway, Moses Suli stinks. He's, he's terrible on defense. So that, that right edge defense and the right wing has been leaky as all shit. So that's a really, really nice matchup for AKP. Take it. Take it and run. Um, lastly, am I crazy looking at Jack Bird? Tell me in the chat because Jack Bird has dual two RF center wing. His scores of 40 to 60, roughly. I would take that in the center wing every single week. If I could lock that kind of base in on the center wing, he's at 500 odd K. I'm going to search him right now because I didn't do the stats on him. It's been one of those days today, guys. I just had a massive ass day at work and come home, put the little man in a bath and get get all sorted. I had no time to do all these notes. So I basically just kind of threw all this stuff together. Hopefully I'm doing it justice. Um, but Maddie will be back to carry me next week. Uh, so Jack Bird, 62 break even, which isn't great. But he has scored 70, 53, 33, not great, and then 74. So games that he has played 80 minutes, he's gone 53 and 74. I really... I don't, I don't mind Jack Bird. I don't mind him at all. I think he could be a sneaky pot option if you've got nuts on you. Uh, you could take Jack Bird in the center wing, and I, I really like that. I really like it. I don't have the guts because I've, I've got a nice center wing now by bringing Marju in, so I won't do it. But maybe have a look this week. He's got a 60 break even. He's not going to make much cash. If anything, he'll lose a bit. And uh, you can pick him up next week. Don't hate it. Seen worse options, especially when you can get a forward in at center wing. Um, that's it. Next game, bloody hell, this is 45 minutes already. Uh, we've got the Warriors versus the Newcastle Knights. I reckon points scored in this one again as well. So uh, Tyson Gamble comes out. Phoenix Crossland, one of the worst NRL players in the history of NRL. He lots, he slides in at 5'8". Fuck, he's terrible. Uh, I'm, surely they have a better option to play starting 5'8 at the Newcastle Knights as a, as a professional NRL team. I'm just not a Phoenix Crossland fan at all. I think he's awful. Um, and Kurt Mann comes onto the bench, but there's a reality there, or maybe they like what they saw from Jack Johns at lock last week. He was, he's uh, 234K, really nice uh, downgrade option in the 2RF, but I think Kurt Mann probably comes back in and starts at lock moving forward as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's the changes there for the Newcastle Knights. A few changes for the Warriors here. Tohu Harris comes back in. Jazz Tavanga moves back to the bench. Tamari Martin comes back in at 5'8", and Volkman drops out. And Dallin Watani Zalesniak is on the extended bench, and there's a likelihood that you could probably see him coming in for an Edward Cossey, potentially. Um, and then we've also got Murata Niakore out, who's taken that early plea. He'll miss two weeks. And uh, Bailey Sirenen comes in to start on an edge. Jackson Ford retains his edge spot on the left. Greg Marju. Is it Marju season? I would argue it is. Um, I put some stats up on Twitter earlier. I think it was last night. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, I talk a lot more shit on Twitter than I do on here. So make sure to follow me on Twitter at brain underscore FS. If you're on there, I talk about trades and talk about thoughts on players all the time. So jump on and follow me there. Um, now, Greg Marju's stats 
looking at his first two games, he had 21 tackle breaks in two games. 21. That is 42 points in tackle breaks in two games. He had 47 runs for 510 run meters. That is nearly what you would consider the best winger in the comp. In terms of like pure base, that is outstanding. And I know that the concerns around Greg Marju is defense. He could lose his spot. Realistically, he could lose his spot due to his defense. And I know there are some deficiencies there. But at the moment, we're going to get a really good indication or a good idea this weekend whether Marju is preferred over Anari Tuala and Heimel Hunt because they're both on the extended bench and they're both healthy. So... If they pick Greg Marju to run this weekend and play, I would say that they prefer him, and it makes kind of sense, doesn't it? Marju is Karaz 2.0. I like it. I like it. And you, he's got a minus 44 break even this week. So even if he scores you a 50 or something, which is pretty much half what he's done this year, uh, you will make probably 80, 70K. So, and then you'll probably make some good cash the week after that too. So you've probably got 150K in cash gen. He'll be, sub, he'll be plus 700K in two weeks' time. And uh, you can then upgrade him to a Garrick or you can hold him for the year because if he's doing good, just hold on. Just enjoy the ride because uh, it'll be a good one. Jack John starts at lock. Kurt Mann should change there. I I think Kurt Mann comes on to start at lock there. Uh, Jackson Ford, he only got 41 last week. Are people stressing about Jackson Ford? Because I bailed on the Jackson Ford trade and went Schuster instead to free up cash for this week, and I'm really glad I did. 41 isn't exactly why I would want to buy him, but again, he's cheap, 340K, so... Probably a good option. 80-minute edgeback rower. No complaints there if you're getting me 50 every week. I know I'm a hard taskmaster. But, uh, yeah, Jackson Ford, uh, you'd be hoping for more. And hopefully we'll see that this weekend. Does Josh Curran come in and start for Bailey Siren? And I'd probably argue that that could happen. Uh, I really like Josh Curran. It just seems like Stacey Jones is really liking what he's doing off the bench this year as an impact player. Um, but yeah, worth, worth looking at that. I like Josh Curran as a player. I think he's a much better player than Bailey Sirinan. So that, that's one to keep an eye on. He could easily find his way back into the starting side. And then potentially when Murata Niakore comes back, that could mean that Jackson Ford, if he doesn't have a few good weeks, could be in danger there to drop back to a bench role. So worth watching very closely. And that's just why I'd really apprehensive about Jackson Ford. I genuinely think I genuinely think that Jackson Ford is just too much of he's – he's a risk. He's not a huge risk. He's only 340K, but I, I don't know whether it, he's the third well, – I don't know whether he's the second best second rower in this team. Murata Niakore and, and Curran should be the two edge back rowers, I think. But anyway, that's just my opinion. The real question, though, for this game is, does Sean Johnson continue to be prime Sean Johnson? Because he was so bloody good. He's been good all year. I think he got 100 last week. He's got 100 a couple of weeks ago before that. He's been so bloody good this year, and it's nice to see him enjoying his footy. If anybody saw the press conference, I know I mentioned it on Sunday, for anybody who missed this one, the press conference uh, that Sean Johnson did at the end of the game for Fox Sports was elite. One of the best press conferences, post-gamers, that I have seen since Cole Anthony hit that three to win the game for the Orlando Magic in the NBA last season. Looked like the bloke took about six pingers before he did his end uh, end of game report, but that was uh, that was good fun. But, yeah, I really enjoy that. Yeah, the bro counter was off the charts in, in that one. Um, but it's nice to see a little bit of kind of uh, honesty and just people being themselves in their post-game interviews. You could tell he was pumped, and he's really enjoying being back at the Warriors. They're playing some good footy, and um, coach is really unlocking them there. So really good to watch. Last game, 
Last game, the Sunday game preview. We've got the West Tigers versus Parramatta Eels. Isaiah Papali'i comes back to play his old club for the first time. So that's going to be very interesting to watch that one. I, I'd say he steps up a little bit. He's been pretty lackluster to start the year. And I mean, from a super coach perspective, he's still scoring you between 60 and 70 or 60 and 75 every week. But when you cost 830K to start the season, you can probably fade him. And he has dropped now nicely. So I'm looking forward to picking him up uh, around the 600K mark, hopefully. Now, I didn't even write notes on this team list because this is an absolute shit show for both both sides. Um, there are so many bloody changes. I'm a little bit... I, I mean, I feel like Tim Sheens is just sh- throwing shit at the wall now and seeing what sticks. We've got... So changes here. Let me, wor- let me work through this. Charlie Staines now is at fullback. So Adam Dewey has moved back to 5'8". So that two-week kind of uh, experiment isn't working anymore. Asu Kapawa, who has played left edge, he's played center, he's played bench, and he's now on the wing for some bloody odd reason. Brent Naden comes back into the team after being dropped for a week into center. Stafford Toa comes into center. Junior Tupo is pretty much the only person in that back line who's held his spot this week. Um, Stefano back on to start. Uh, and then they've kept their back rowers. They've got Clemmer, obviously, as a puppy, John Bateman, either edge, and then Fanua Bole. Um, at lock, but and then they've got Jake Simpson off the bench, Alex Twile, Joe Offerhangawi makes it back into this team, and Sean Bloor holds that 17 jersey. Um, they've dropped Brandon Wakem, which is super disappointing because I think how are you going to get this bloke to be improved or better when you continue to name, name Luke Brooks, a 20 year, the worst 28 year old in the NRL, the worst NRL player that has played more than bloody eight years of football. So he stinks. He needs to be dropped, but they refuse to drop him. So Brandon Wakeham suffers and you'll lose him to another club. Dane Laurie is also on the extended bench. So I'd say he probably ends up starting at fullback. Staines moves to the wing. Kapoa drops to the bench. Just a shit show. This is just Ducks and Drakes from the West Tigers. And I'm actually really, really uh, frustrated with this team, as you can probably <laughs> as you can probably tell. Parramatta Eels have actually made a fair few changes as well. So as you can see here, um, Bailey Simonson is out. Hayes Dunster comes onto the wing. Sean Russell also replaces Wonga Blake, who drops onto the extended bench. So that looks like Wonga Blake's been dropped, uh, which I've been calling for this for a few weeks. Uh, hey, good to see Hayes Dunster get an opportunity after playing a few games in New South Wales Cup. Uh, and then the rest of their lineup looks very, very similar, aside from Sean Lane now being back in this team, which is, like I mentioned earlier, going to massively help Dylan Brown, I think. Big advantage for Dylan Brown now. Um, and Bryce Cartwright has held the edge position and meaning that Matty Dory has dropped off to the extended bench. So there is a lot happening here as well. If you can hear it, my kid is screaming his head off in the background as well. So that's always good for the pod. Um, hopefully people still listen next week. Uh, Ryan Madison moves to lock. Jermaine Hopgood moves to the bench. Yes, you heard me correctly. Jermaine Hopgood has moved back to the bench. What a shamozzle. He's gone from the, the most popular captain option week in, week out to almost a sell. I will probably hold him this week. Although I don't blame you if you sell, but keep in mind his break even is only about 43. So he probably will cover that off the bench. And who knows? He might end up playing 60 plus minutes off the bench, have a better impact, and um, maybe it ends up being good for him. Who knows? I know they prefer Ryan Madison. It completely makes sense. And with Sean Lane back in that team, Bryce Cartwright has earned the right to, it looks like, that right edge. Um, so Matty Dory, if you've got him, the good thing is if you've got Matty Dory, I do, you can hold him for a week. He's not going to lose you any cash if he doesn't play. Uh, that's the beauty of it. So I think his break even was at about 30 or something like that this week. So even so, 
didn't doesn't matter if he plays or not. He'll probably get 25, 30. He won't drop your cash. So I'm going to leave him there this week and I'm going to work out a plan for next week on what I want to do with him. But lots of changes for both teams. So um, Madison looks like he's going to be locked in for big minutes. I would say he starts at lock and then moves to an edge and replaces Cartwright. We know Sean Lane's a left edge 80-minute back rower. So Cartwright will probably sub off. Ryan Madison will shift to the right edge and Jermaine Hopgood will come in at lock. I'd say that's the way that rotation works out. They've got Brendan Hands, who will end up replacing Josh Hodson because the bloke's about 65 years old. Um, so I think Brendan Hands will replace Hodgson and get some minutes there. And then you've got Mer Murchie and Makatoa. So uh, pretty stock standard. You can probably guess how this rotation is going to play out. I've got no idea what the fuck the Tiger's going to do. No, no clue. I have no idea. It's... Everybody's heard of Ricky Roulette. It's Sheensy Roulette now because I think they've tried five or six different lineups in six weeks. How is how is that going to help things? I don't know. It will not. But anyway, going to be a shambles. Parramatta thirteen plus. Uh, they're paying a dollar twenty two, which is way too short. I think they should be paying a dollar ten because uh, this could be an absolute bloodbath. It's at Accor Stadium as well, so there's not really a home ground advantage for the Tigers either. So just to rub that in, uh, I am a Tigers fan, but bloody hell, it's getting hard every week. All right, my trade thoughts, initial trade thoughts and captaincy, and then I will get to the questions. So this is what I'm thinking. Teague Wilton and Paul Alamotti come out. Now, I mentioned that Alamotti might not be a sell. I still probably think you can hold him if there's no bigger problems there. Uh, but Teague Wilton, I think, will on the buy. I maybe think he's getting to the top out in price. So I am bringing in Hosking and Marju. I should honestly generate, I'd say, 150K from both of those players this week and then maybe even the same next week. So I really like those as cash gen options. If you can find a way to get both, do it. Um, I'm really liking my team and the way that it looks with this. I am not trading at Hopgood this week. I want to maximize the round, like I said at the start of the pod, where Nico Hines is on everybody's benches and I've got extra cash to play with on the field. I'm taking advantage of that. So that is my plan. Now, I've got 58.5K on the bench. Uh, sorry, in, in the bank leading into next week. So my thoughts next week, I'm going to need about 300K to go read Marnie to Nico Hines next week via Tanner Boyd Jules. That's already locked in. It's already in my head. That's what's going to happen. Unless about four of my players get injured, watch it happen. Um, but I need about 300K and I'm thinking Stefano goes down to a basement front row forward, maybe like Tino's brother, maybe like, actually, I don't like Ben Murdoch Masilla. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure actually who else there is. Maybe Tino's brother's the guy. His basement price, I'll make about 220K from that trade. Uh, I'll have 270 in the bank then. And then I maybe will go Valentine Holmes down to Daniel Tupo because I really like Daniel Tupo as a bit of a pod option. Uh, I probably should have kept that to myself. Don't know why I talk about all these things on the pod to everybody, but I like Tupo. He looked good last week. I think the Roosters are going to start to score a fair amount of points. I think they're going to come good. They're looking pretty good of recent. Um, so I like Daniel Tupo and he won't play origin this year. I don't think I see Josh Adokar probably coming in and playing left wing this year. So Daniel Tupo, I like it. So that, that could be the way that I get my 300 K to get Nico in for Reed Marnie because Reed Marnie's given me the shits. And my captaincy, like I said, is David Fafita. I think David Fafita could go large. I reckon he could go massive. So that's me. Now let's tackle some of these question shit there's a fair few thanks guys for getting in and asking away it's nice that you all think i know what i'm doing all right uh nico out reynolds in i like that christian uh jared will we a hargraves do i have anything to say on him i think i think he 
he's a bigger he plays a bigger role for the Roosters from a leadership perspective and from what he does to the players around him as opposed to super coach. I don't think he's a super coach relevant player. Um, don't trade Nico out. No, God, no. For anybody trading Nico out, reverse the trade. I know that you're probably chasing cash and you want to get players on the field, but you got Nico in because you knew the buy was coming up. It makes no sense now to go away from Nico. You just got to cop the 900K on the bench. Don't burn a trade. You're going to have to get him straight back in next week. So not don't do it. It doesn't make any sense. If I had Nico, he'd just ride the bench for a week and then I'd cash in. Do not trade Nico out. I agree with Cy. Uh, what else have we got? No, Matty, Troy, Matty is not back, mate. He, he owes me 10, 12 bolters. Probably a case of bolters I'll hit him up for with all the pods I've done since he's been away. Um, and he will come back with a South African accent. Absolutely. Uh, Curtin Morin at 200K. Yeah, I'm not quite sure on his job security, Steve. I don't I don't really know what that what that's going to look like. If I'm completely honest, I haven't looked too much into him, but maybe maybe he is. Maybe you've done a little bit more research than me on Curtin Morin. But again, the dogs are decimated. So, I mean, it could be could be a good play. He might get a few weeks and make you a little bit of cash. So, yeah, to any 200K basement price cheapie that's going to get some extended time, I am a fan of. Is Max King a sell from doubted start? No, hold Max King. It sounds like from what the Supercoach Whisperer has said on Twitter that Max King is uh, came back from a specialist appointment with no damage, no serious damage. Um, so keep an eye on team lists this week. Uh, I don't think Maxi King's a sell. He's been pretty good this year. Dewey, very interesting to see how he plays this week. I, I'm holding this week only because I don't really have any other options. I don't have the cash to go up to Dylan Brown, but if you do and you don't have any other problems in your team and you've got a bit of cash sitting around, I'd be going Dewey to Dill Brown so that Dylan Brown can play the Tigers this week and probably tear him to shreds on that left edge. It could be bad. Um, could be bad for the whole Tigers team, really. Um, Steve says he feels that Welch to Cotter in a few weeks is not going to cost you a lot. Cotter back may have his minutes managed. He absolutely will. I agree with that. I think I mentioned that earlier. I think Cotter could be a really good buy in a few weeks when he drops a lot of cash. That's probably going to happen. Uh, what's happening with Hopgood, sell or keep? I would hold for a week considering his break even's 40 odd. I think he covers that. And then you can assess what that looks like next week. No one knows what this rotation is going to look like yet. So I'd probably hold for a week and have a look. Um, and Steve just reiterated what I said in the comments. Love it. Love it. Um, what else? Hammer to Greg Marju. Yes, absolutely do that. If you've got Hammer, uh, I'd upgrade him to Marju. It looks like Steve is doing exactly the same thing. Um, and you could downgrade him to someone like Dunster if he holds that spot too. I'd, I'd, it'll be interesting to see when Bailey Simonson's suspension is up, whether he holds on to, whether Dunster holds on to that role. Because Bailey Simonson has been pretty putrid really, hasn't he? So I uh, don't mind that. It's a bit of a risk, though. I don't know whether job security is is there enough for me to take a punt on him. Hosking screams trap to Steve. That's an interesting take. Martin comes back. Hosking left edge. Salmon. Yeah, they love Salmon, don't they? I, I don't know. I think with what Hosking has done, it makes no sense for Liam Martin to come back on the right edge. His, his cohesion and the way that he's linking up with Nathan Cleary, I can see him, Hosking, staying on the right edge. And I see Liam Martin coming in on the left edge. Just remember, Liam Martin can play anywhere. Liam Martin played in the middle in origin. Uh, he's also played on the left edge for Penrith. So I think that Hosking stays on the right edge. Again, just a prediction, just something I think. Uh, not quite sure on it, but that's the way I'm going with it. That's why I kind of feel pretty good about Hosking. 
Troy asking, is it okay to grab enough? So for anybody who doesn't know what enough is, enough is basically a player that's not going to play. They're not going to be an automatic emergency on your bench if you want a loophole, um, <clears throat> but they're a basement price 200K player. I would say it's too early, mate. I think you need as much or as many starting or as many players earning you cash as possible, especially with the buyers this year. Teams can get pretty caught out. I had three Titans players in my team last week and I felt it. I felt like my bench was like one position short. So I think you're not going to want enough until after Origin this year, guys. I think you want to probably hold away from nothing and make sure that you're building up your bank and building up your team value as much as you can leading into the Origin period. So pretty early, mate, to answer your question. Mitch Kenny does suck. I agree with you, Connor. Stinker. Uh, Steve's gone VC, Val, C, Walsh. Yep, like it. VC, Cleary. Uh, sorry, C. Cleary, VC, Tommy. Does that work? Could do. Haven't actually looked. VC, Cleary, C. Dylan Brown. I like that. Great to see Croker back for the Raiders. Sorry, guys, I'm moving through these comments. There's a ton of them. I'm just trying to make sure I don't miss any of the questions. Uh, Steve has asked, is it too late to get Payne Haas? I'd probably say it isn't. You know what you're going to get from him? You're going to get 80-plus pretty much every week in, in a pretty shit position. Front row forward's pretty poor this year. So I do like that. I don't think it's too late to get him. Just you're going to have to work out what you're going to do through Origin as well. Um, Blake Laurie averaging 66 at front row forward. I think I looked at Blake Laurie and he's priced about mid-500s. So, I mean, look, if you're looking for a guy like an upgrade from Christian Welch to Blake Laurie, I don't know whether you can justify a trade to go to Laurie at 550. I'd say if Laurie was 400 or something, I'd be seriously looking at it. But I don't know. I feel like you've either got your upper echelon premium front row forwards, like your Joey Tarpany, your Tino Farsell, Maliawi, your Payne Haas, those kind of guys. And then you've got your mid-rangers, like your Blake Laurie's. I guess you could call him a mid-ranger now. He's approaching premium status. Christian Welch's, Ruben Cotter's, those kind of guys. And then you've got your basement price cheapies, so like your Pele's, your Mowali's, and those guys. So I don't I don't know whether I'd be looking at Blake Laurie, but honestly, he scored, I think he's the leading try scorer for the Dragons with two this year. Um, so who would have thought we'd be saying that in round six? What a take. Um. All right, what else have we got on here? Keeping questions coming, guys. We'll wrap this up in a couple of minutes. I'll do my best to get to all of them. Um, Lemuelu is a better option than Bird. Yeah, I probably would agree with that. I think he's probably still cheaper as well. Steve mentions Lemuelu uh, Connolly from the Dolphins. I'd Yeah, I'd go him before I'd look at Jack Bird. That's that's true. Is Wade Egan a sell? Sai is asking. What's his break even? Um scored another bloody try last week. I, I remember I said maybe four weeks ago when everybody was looking at whether you go with uh, Wade Egan or whether you go with Reed Marnie, whether uh, people were basically saying, I want Egan for the price rise. I went with Reed Marnie because I thought he'd be a season long keeper. Hasn't that worked out bloody beautifully for me? What a shit frigging decision that was. He uh, Reed Marnie sucked and Wade Egan scored another bloody try. So just keep scoring points. Good on him. His break even is 58 this week. Is he a sell against the Newcastle Knights? I would say no. I'd probably play him against the Knights this week, knowing that there probably will be some points scored in that game. It seems to just fall in on balls in the in goal, so good on him. Uh, ben Murdoch-Masilla, just because he got a 50 last week, Christian, I, I still don't like him. I think you've got to look at the majority of the games he's played this year, and he's been lucky to break 30, and he's like a 60 to 80-minute edge forward. He's doing absolutely nothing. He looks a bit slow. I'd be very surprised to see him in the starting side for two or three more weeks. I think Jack DeBellin comes in and shifts that that uh, forward rotation around. So I can't see Murdoch Masilla starting for another fortnight, three weeks. Um, all right. 
Maju Karaz 2.0. I agree with that. No Mitchy Barnett again. Yeah, so that's another consideration, Mitch Barnett, to come back into this New Zealand Warriors lineup. So there's another edge forward that they really like. They're playing him in the middle at the moment, but they know that his preferred position is left edge. So, yeah, lots lots to consider with Jackson Ford, and that's probably one of the other determining reasons. There's just way too many forwards in that or preferred forwards in that lineup for the New Zealand Warriors. Um, what else have we got? Para 13 plus. Yeah, I'm with you, Nini. Absolutely. I'm a Tiger supporter, but Para will demolish us this week. Hopgood to the bench. Yes, a shame. Matty O'Brien has tuned in from South Africa telling me that the Tigers suck. Thanks, man. Really appreciate that. That's that's lovely of you. Thanks for the support. Um, Stefano to Lindsay Smith. Yeah, I mean, that's another option I think you could consider. I'd say Lindsay Smith might be a watch this week considering he only played his first game last week. You don't have to go this week. You can wait. You'll get your cash gen the week after, and you get another look. So don't mind Lindsey Smith next week if he can show us that he can do the same again. Hopgood to Hoskins. Yes, I would say yes to that, Fletcher. Uh, Marnie to Hines, I'd absolutely say yes. That's exactly what I'm doing next week. Uh, keep Dewey. I've already mentioned that, Fletcher, but I, I'd say if you can go Dewey to Dylan Brown, I'd do that. Or, I mean, Dewey to Munster, yes, but I don't see any other 5'8 in the competition at the moment aside from Dillbags or Cam Munster that is probably worth upgrading Dewey for at this stage. And now that he's back at 5'8 as well, I think that's relevant to know. Uh, what to do with Dewey at 5'8? Stains full back. I hope it stays that way. That means I can probably rely on holding Dewey a little bit longer. He always scores better at 5'8 than he does full back. So I don't, I don't mind holding Dewey. Fourth bench spot. Melissa Ford, Perham, or AKP. I would say AKP this week for the upside. I think there could be some points scored in that Dragons-Titans game. <laughs> this is better without me. No, it's not, mate. Uh, do I own CNK, Maddie? And, and he's a bloke I think I want. I've seen your trades this week. Supercoach Matrix. Uh, I don't own Charles Nickel Klukstad, but I don't mind him considering that he has got a negative break even this week. So... Uh, there's a good there's a good downgrade option in the center wing if you if you're looking to free up some cash for another trade or an upgrade like someone like a Dory to a Hosking or something like that. I, I like CNK this week. I think he could be good. He's shown us uh, and proved us wrong in the off season. That's for sure. Uh, Robbie Starr has said everybody slept on Chester. Perfect downgrade for Latrell or Teddy last week. Highest price rise last week. Got a bench spot. Three tries in three weeks. He'll make two hundred k. Yeah, I mean. That's uh, that's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, Tommy Chester has a bench role now, but it just depends what, how many minutes he ends up getting. He could honestly sit on the pine the whole time. We know that uh, Todd Payton loves just messing with supercoach players, doesn't he? He, he just plays Taumalolo for bloody 45 minutes. He plays Cotter for 45 minutes. Um, he's played Drinkwater and Hamisa Tabuifado like all over the shop last last year. Uh, I, I don't trust I don't trust Todd Payton at all with anything that he does. So I'll be fading Chester just and a bench bench fullback as well. How do you know how he's going to be played? Not a huge fan. Last question. Selman is asking, who should I play over Hopgood, Cartwright, or Schuster? Oh, shit. That's a bit of a tough one. Oh, I'd probably back Hopgood. You know his PPM will probably go up off the bench. So he'll come on and play an impact role through the middle of the field against tired forwards. He'll be fresher. I feel like Hopgood probably should still still score 50 plus. He might even nag a try. Uh, so I'd say hop good out of those three. Guys, that brings us to an end. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, please like, please follow, follow if you're listening to us on Spotify, or Apple. Uh, it's the only way that we can get the content out there and, and continue to bring the show to you. 
Uh, obviously, Maddie's back very soon, so that'll be good to have a little bit of back and forth. He's live chatting at the moment as well, so hope you're having a good time over there, mate. Um, guys, that brings it to the end of Tin List Tuesday. Plenty to consider for this week. I'll be back on Thursday evening for the pre-drink show where we talk about trades, trends, and basically my final moves for the week. So, um, guys, if you have any other qu questions or, or whatever, hit us up on social media. Hit us up here and we'll get to you on the delayed broadcast. And otherwise, you've been listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. We'll catch you later.